guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I want to conclude this week of, of studying 2 Kings 17 to 25 with a little thought, just some thoughts that have come to my mind as I'm reading through this, and just some things I want to kind of propose to you. Again, a lot of these thoughts are just mine, so please take them for what they're worth. Um, but it's cool to think about these things as you're reading through these chapters. So let me give you, first of all, some context. So King Josiah, as we talked about him yesterday, so he found the book of the law, which is the scriptures, in the 18th year of his reign, is what it says. Okay, and King Josiah lived from 648 to 609, and like we had said, he became king when he was eight years old, which is about 640 or so. So he would have found the scriptures right around 621 to 622 BC. Now, a reminder he was king of Judah, or in other words, Jerusalem. Okay, now I want you to think about this, okay, for a second here of what is going on in Jerusalem right around this time period. So we're going to fast forward about 30 years later, and what you have is you have got the Babylonian siege on Jerusalem, where the Babylonians come in and they wipe out Jerusalem. That's mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 25. In fact, you look at the chapter heading, Nebuchadnezzar again besieges Jerusalem, Zedekiah is captured. We'll talk about him in a second. Jerusalem and the temple are destroyed, and most of the people of Judah are carried into Babylon. So this is the scattering of the southern kingdom. The question is, why do you think this happened, and what do you think would have prevented this from happening? So here we are. It's about 586 BC, right? Let's go back 14 years before this to a time of about 600 BC, right around this time period. So you go back to 2 Kings 24, and you look at about verses 18 through 20. Okay, You have got a king of Judah. He is a wicked king. His name is Zedekiah. All right. Now you're probably thinking, wait a second, I think I know this guy. I've heard of King Zedekiah. You click on the name Zedekiah, and it takes you to 1 Nephi chapter 1. Right? It says Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign. It says he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and things were starting to get really bad. I have connected another couple verses here that I think will help explain this. You go to 2 Chronicles. Again, we don't read Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles very much. I think you can. I think at some point, just kind of browse through them, and you see it chronicling literally all through the Old Testament, but it gives you some interesting insights. For example, 2 Chronicles 36, you go to about verses 11 to 16, and it talks again about Zedekiah being 21 years old, he's reigning, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, humbled himself not before Jeremiah the prophet speaking from the mouth of the Lord. It says that he rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, which again, Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon who is about to come in and destroy Jerusalem. Again, the next couple verses talk about how wicked Jerusalem had become. Verse 15, and the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers. Now you click on messengers, again, it's going to take you to 1 Nephi chapter 1, where he sends messengers talking about how Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. Verse 16, it says, they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets. Now, let me remind you, that is more than one prophet. 
okay? Until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, till there was no remedy. So what happens is Jerusalem is being so wicked that they're ignoring the words of the prophets. You're like, wait a minute, Derek, I think I've heard this story before. It is called the Book of Mormon, okay? So here's where you've got a group of people coming out of the city of Jerusalem, which is going to be destroyed. You've got prophets there who are sharing their message and they're not listening and they're mocking the prophets. Well, of course, as you're thinking about that, you're like, okay, about 600 BC, you've got Lehi, who is one of those prophets. Now, just for a second, I wanna pause for a second and give you what's going on in my head as I'm studying this. So you remember the story of Josiah yesterday, how Josiah is there at the temple talking about this. This is maybe 20 years or so before Lehi was preaching. I wonder where Lehi was during this experience. He had to be in Jerusalem. He had to be there. He had to be one of those standing at the temple, one of those being willing. Um, it shows you maybe why the scriptures were of such value to Lehi and why his family needed to go back and get those scriptures. It also makes me wonder this, and I'm totally wondering, so take this for what it's worth. This is just my thoughts going all over the place. I wonder if Lehi, right around the time that Josiah was speaking, was maybe in his 30s or 40s, had maybe started to raise his family, maybe had a couple of kids, a couple of boys named Laman and Lemuel, that maybe he had raised without the scriptures because the scriptures were not a part of their lives around that time period. And so as he's continuing to raise his family, he has a couple of other kids, at least a couple of other kids, who he does raise with the scriptures at to this point. So I wonder if Laman, I wonder, again, wondering, please take it for what it's worth. I wonder if Laman and Lemuel were raised without the scriptures. And I wonder if Nephi and Sam were raised with them, which seems like maybe that might be why these stories seem to mean nothing to Laman and Lemuel, but they seem to mean everything to Nephi to the point where Nephi is willing to go and do and go run back to Jerusalem and get the sacred records. And why Laman and Lemuel constantly seem like they want to keep going back to Jerusalem to be able to, like, we loved it there. They're not wicked. And so you see that Book of Mormon connection, which I really love right here. So understanding the context of these chapters in 2 Kings and how this is the point where Lehi and his family broke off from this wicked people in Jerusalem and they got out of there. In the meantime, you've got the Babylonians who then come in and destroy. In fact, Lehi tells his family, I've had a vision that Jerusalem was destroyed and had we stayed there, we would have been destroyed with them. Which is really interesting because you go all the way back to where we started with uh, how I brought up on Monday about the thoughts to keep in mind about all Israel coming home. There is a cool statement here. It says, understanding the scattering of Israel will help you understand the Book of Mormon better too. Because the Book of Mormon is a record of the branch of scattered Israel. This record begins with Lehi's family fleeing Jerusalem in about 600 BC, just before the Babylonians attacked. Lehi was one of those prophets who prophesied about the scattering of Israel and his family helped fulfill the prophecy taking their branch of the house of Israel and planting it on the other side of the world in the Americas. And so I love how you see that connection here in this scripture block about seeing how it fits in with the Book of Mormon. So this is an important part 
studying and I and I hope it helped you out a little bit. Again, take some of my thoughts for what they're worth, but I love the idea of thinking about how Lehi was a part of this unearthing of the scriptures and why the scriptures meant something to him. I can see him standing there at the temple as King Josiah is standing up there saying, let's make a covenant together. And Lehi's like, dang right, we will. And then the scriptures become a part of his life. Again, my thoughts, please take them for what they're worth but I can see the connection there. And to me, that makes more sense of why the scriptures would mean so much to Lehi and his family. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed and have a great day.